Let's take a journey back to 2003. Canadian teen sensation Avril Lavigne was topping the charts and turning the music industry upside down. But what if I told you that the Avril Lavigne we know and love might not be the same Avril? What? Did Avril die? Was she replaced by a doppelganger? I'm Joanne McNally and I'm doing a deep dive into a notorious internet conspiracy. Who replaced Avril Lavigne? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I feel like learning to disagree with your best friend is hard enough, let alone learning to disagree with your best friend while making it funny. Comedians May Martin and Sabrina Jalees have figured out how to do it. Today on the podcast, you'll hear about Benefits with Friends, a spectacular look at how friendship should be. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. This is Commotion. May Martin and Sabrina Jalees are best friends. And when I say best friends... I really mean it. I mean best friends. Like, May has got a tattoo of Sabrina's name on their body. That's how close they are. May and Sabrina are also comedians with, let's say, extremely different takes on a whole lot of stuff, from money to sex to culture. They're both Canadians living in L.A., and they've got a new podcast. It's called Benefits with Friends. It just dropped yesterday on Audible Originals. Here's my conversation with them. May, Sabrina, welcome to Commotion. What's going on? Thanks for finally we're in commotion. Let's go. So nice Let's to be here. This. Okay, I I have so many questions about friendship because I think I'm bad at being a friend, like bad at like maintaining friendships, you know. And so I'm gonna get Ooh. some tips from you yeah. because okay. I feel like I need that. But before we do even that, can I just get like a through line of this friendship between the two of you? Maybe May, you want to kick us off. Okay, the year is 2002, probably uh, in Toronto at Second City, and I I was doing sketch comedy with two of my friends. And we knew, I, I was maybe 14, 15, and I knew that there was another teenager on the scene that everyone was talking about, Sabrina Jalice. And I was like, I will destroy her. I was so <laughs> stressed that we both were going to be like competing for that title of the youngest person around. Uh, and then we did a show together and it was like, oh shit, we really get along. And then Aww. became very, very close and had really similar vibes then we went okay bullet point then we go we go to greece we both get engaged on the same trip uh what? to our girlfriends yeah not this is this is a big flash forward though okay all right. yeah, that's okay. <laughs> like we met we're 14 years old we're engaged in greece <laughs> yeah we basically just have then we've had parallel lives and lived in different cities but now we're in the same city finally uh, Sabrina, you, you do. Do you mind? Do you mind if I just do a little flashback to what was happening for me? Love a flashback. The days before we met. Let's go. Um, I'm in Miss Grant's drama class, and Miss <laughs> Grant hands me. I think it was the North York Post. There's an article about some young comedians, and I'm like, these losers. <laughs> <laughs> and I very much felt like this feud as well. And then the sec I'm standing, I'm watching May perform with their sketchmates, and I am holding the straps in my backpack. Uh, and I am just like every piece of the seething energy turns into just like I'm enamored and addicted. And uh, I've been drawn ever since. That's yeah. 
that's a, that's a movie to me. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there, you have to write a movie about your friendship. Like this. Well, this, okay, yeah, we ahead. went away. We, we went, went to Ohio to write it. We went away for the weekend. We were like, okay, we should write a movie recently. About our friendship. Yes. Yes. Okay. And we were like, okay, we got the weekend. We're gonna write this movie. And then all we did was we were like, we should watch the movie Beaches for inspiration. <laughs> Sabrina fell asleep seven minutes into the movie. I just watched I, that that movie. I blame I blame Beaches for being old. <laughs> It's, I would like say, if, if you were like, yeah, no, go ahead. Like, go let's ahead. watch the new Mean Girls for inspiration. Maybe we'd have a movie, <laughs> right? You could do a double header. I feel like you start with Mean Girls to keep you awake, and then do Beaches. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. See, and you say you're not good at friendship. <laughs> I'm working <laughs> That's a on perfectly it. Perfectly curated I'm, night. I'm trying to be better at it. Okay, so early on in the first episode, you talk about why you wanted to make a show that celebrates friendship, and that's because of an absence. Growing up. Every song, movie, book, it was all about romantic relationships. I guess except like Winnie the Pooh. Like, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is classically the only artist that dares talk about friendship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only artist. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is the artist. Uh, May and Sabrina, I have to tell you, it is a delight to like watch you guys laughing at yourself. Like, like that's <laughs> that's the joy that I'm getting to witness right now. But also, I got to know what does Winnie say about friendship? Like, what, what, what? Tell me about Winnie and friendship. Maybe Sabrina, you want to take this one? No, Winnie would say, "Look, if you got a pot of honey, <laughs> I don't know why a pot, a pot of honey is better to share than just better than to stare at it by yourself." <laughs> I know, as I'm thinking about it now, like, I don't know why my mind went to Winnie the Pooh, but really his main personality characteristic is he's greedy and only interested in honey. And yeah, he's not the best, he's not the best friend, so. Yeah, but, good. but, but also you're, you're right in the sense of like, we just don't get a lot of, you know, friendship, uh, like, but like friendship love dedicated media. And I'm not really sure why that is because that's the stuff that makes up most of our lives. You know, like what's, what are some of your favorite friendship movies, would you say? Oh, I, I mean, I love, I mean, Bridesmaids, I, I yeah. love, and uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I love that because it's, it's so true, that kind of pang of, of, of yearning and sadness that you get when you feel that your friend is moving on to a different stage of life and you're worried you're going to be left behind. And then I like, yes, the, the message of that movie is like, you got to evolve as well yeah. and meet your friend where they're at. And yeah, I mean, there's, it's. Yeah, so many. For me, probably Titanic. If you look at it as, <laughs> if, if you look at it as like a love story between that mean lady and that corset, she loves. <laughs> In a way, but I, but I do think we we could shape we could reshape the world and kind of right size things if if every person that wrote a love song about someone upon the breakup, government mandated had to write a love song about the friends that pulled them back. On their yes. face. Oh, that's yes. beautiful. And then we just. And I don't mind if even in the lyrics they're like government mandated song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to talk about this friendship because at the core of your friendship, there is this beautiful fundamental ability to hard disagree. Like you guys are like, no, we are on, on opposite ends of this thing. For example, on the merits of monogamy versus polyamory. Yeah, but your stance on monogamy, if I'm being honest, has sometimes got like a Westboro Baptist Church flavor to it, like the intensity. We got to dive into this subject. Get your poly eyes off my wifey's thighs. I swear to God, I'm not trying to <laughs> marry your wife. I am never going to let you kiss my wife. And I wouldn't tell you if I did. Don't even look at her. <laughs> Sabrina. 
<laughs> oh man, uh, Sabrina, talk to me about that. Talk to me about this. I just don't. Go all ahead. Of the, this, it's like a young thing. Everyone's like, you just be love sexy with whoever, and it's like, yeah, if you want to lose your girlfriend. I mean, I've seen. <laughs> sure, I look. Gay men, they're doing it. Got it. I'm oh not my judging. god, I, I can't I can, believe. No, but I'm saying I've been to Dinosaur and I've seen the swallow of the butch woman that's looking at her like hot. Femme girlfriend hooking oh up God. with someone being like, I'm so glad we did this. May is I losing say, it right now. I can I'm continue. losing my mind because yes. I truly thought by the end of that episode, we'd reach like some evolution. And Sabrina is just instantly triggered back to okay. projecting, <laughs> immediately projecting this dynamic of this femme woman. And that this like, it's so more about you and your feelings. Please. Okay, please remind me where I got to. <laughs> because, okay. You, I okay. feel like you you got to a place where you at the very least acknowledge that, for instance, our guest on the episode, Jack, uh, who's yes. in a poly relationship, you were like, that does sound healthy and they seem happy. And I acknowledge that it does work for some people. You're That's a straight guy. It. That's yeah. a straight guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is what the podcast is like. Is it, is only it, that I, episode. I was going to say, like, is most of the podcast just you, May, burying your face in your hands? Because, like, that is... <laughs> I feel like the primary reaction I've gotten from you so far as Sabrina just goes, goes off. No, in general, we, I mean, I get, I feel like I get made fun of a lot as well, but it was funny with this particular episode where it was at first we were like kind of playing into this, like, Oh, Sabrina's the, you know, more traditional one. And I'm this like, and, and then as we went on, it was like, Oh no, we do fundamentally have like, like we're not really reaching an accord here, but I think by the end we did. And it was, I cannot, you can see every emotion on Sabrina's face. And even if, she, I mean, right now, like. Yeah, because if, I do recognize this is, I am remembering where I got to, which was that I felt <laughs> kind of like a loser. I did feel like a loser. I felt like I was like, I was like, you like know. Like old fashioned? Yeah, like I was like an old closeted lesbian that's like, sure, you could hook up with your best friend, but I married Mike. <laughs> I feel I feel like um, by the end of the episode, you got to a place where you were. Oh, she's leaving. She's leaving. She's done with this. She's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Actually, actually, speaking of dynamic, I'm doing a very May thing, which is my computer is draining. <laughs> oh shit! But I can hear I can hear you. But it's, I need it's to about to die computer. right now. It's okay. It's, I'm at like a bit of a four percent situation. Goodbye, Sabrina. Uh, no, no, I have drifting I have away the, into the. Guys, she's don't dead. Worry. She's dead. Guys, don't she worry. I've got everything I need. <laughs> May, take it away. I'll take it away. Take it away, I May. Feel, okay, the thing that we got to by the end, I think it was just like any therapy session where you want to be oh. like, okay, you, am I responding to this subject authentically in the moment or with some historical emotional trigger that oh. I don't need to attach to it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just you want to be able to engage intellectually with the idea without bringing your own like kind of uh shit to it you know what i mean but what's crazy about that is that, like i hear you when you say that and i am thinking about myself in therapy you guys are doing this while also laughing while also recording it for an audience right like there's there, there's there's a sense of you're also constructing a notion of you're, you're not performing a friendship but you know that it's going to be shared in front of people in a way. And so is it always, like, is it always funny when you guys disagree? Is it sometimes like, mm, I don't know about this. No, it's I'm not. I'm a little it's not surly funny. Okay. 
<laughs> I guess I think- in a way we run so others can walk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, we definitely there were there were times in the record where it felt like the tension was thick and there. Hmm. But no, I also going, think we would hug out. We would always hug after, or I would sit on Sabrina's lap like a baby. But I, yeah. I think um, I think sort also sort of suckling part, on my earlobe. Yeah, I think what I liked about doing this was that you can't really when someone knows you so well, you can't really perform or be inauthentic because they're going to call you on it. So I think you mm. do see it, a pretty vulnerable version of both of us. Like, you know what I mean? Like I think you're I, able to like disappear the artifice because you're like, we're just here with each other doing this thing. Yeah. 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 That's why podcasts are. I think that's why people like them. I feel so connected to these yeah. podcast hosts. Cause you're like, they're just in your ears and they're just sitting in a quiet room somewhere. And yeah. Although we have a very funny producer called Zoe who was in the booth and trying to make her laugh was, was also a goal. Well, I was going to say like comedians plus at least one audience member in the room equals like, uh, at least trying to get some laughs out of this other person. Hey, um, I got to ask you about the, the pieces of media maybe that you disagree on. So like, let's say, is there a movie that you guys were like, you know what? We will watch it together. We're never going to agree on this thing. I think we disagree on a lot of media because I, I um, actually, well, our core, our core influences and references are are in line for sure. But yeah. I, I, my dad's British and I lived in England for so long, and there's definitely like a particular strand of kind of British absurd comedy that Sabrina has no patience for. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta say, Sabrina, there is something to be said about what May just said about the idea that you know sometimes your sensibilities do meet in a certain place but i gotta ask you if there's certain movies or certain shows where you're like you know what this is a thing where we just cannot agree on this may is on this planet and i'm on an entirely separate planet well the first thing that comes to mind is the beatles okay go on uh you know when your friend likes something so much that just the preface is just it's like i well i'm not gonna like it that much so i might as well go hard the other way so (laughs) may was basically because i grew up with immigrant parents who were like like i don't know they thought music was gay i guess they were like it's too much (laughs) so the beatles are just like you're like i'm out on the beatles the entire discography introduced me to the beatles may introduced me to the beatles but they introduced me to the beatles in this way that was like you're just gonna love it dude like all the lyrics are i don't know what you said but you were just so horny for it and i probably was also psychotically like weirdly like jealous of the Beatles or something. <laughs> like, like like I was like this is my new best friend and who are these men May is like these are my best friends Paul and John and then you're yeah. new to this dynamic and I was like oh you like you like their art more than my six-month-old stand-up about my dad picking me up from school Maybe. And maybe there's an ancestral wound there where because of your Britishness, because of your Britishness, my control over you has been my effort to colonize you. Yeah. How's that, is is that going well, May, would you say? Or no, I don't know. Yes, absolutely. No, that's going very well. Yeah. I think Sabrina <laughs> has been playing a long game with me and always knew that she would lure me to LA. She would make sure I'm in a monogamous relationship and she would make sure, get us like, yeah. It's all happening. My name is Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud and this is Commotion. On today's podcast, May Martin and Sabrina Jalees, their new show is called Benefits with Friends. It just came out on Audible Originals.
Okay, so I I like what you both have said about the fact that sometimes you just got to have these conversations without the without artifice, like sort of like in the way where you show up to these conversations and you can tell whether your friend is present and in the moment or not. Uh, you want everyone to have these conversations with their friends. I think that's a really big ask. Can I just ask why? Like why why is it important for you that people are able to show up in friendships um, entirely themselves? Maybe I'll start with you, May. Oh, well... Hmm, I've, my instinct is to get really earnest here. Maybe I'll do it. I, do. I feel like, yeah, particularly I, aside from Sabrina and a couple other people, like for the majority of my life, most of my best friends have been straight men. Hmm. And uh, those are my my guys. And uh, I just I do see them struggling to to connect in that way sometimes with with each other. I mean, hmm. I I always connect in that way with them, but I I always want them to. Um, yeah, the I think men's mental health is is super important, and mm. I think so. I think men should talk, and then also I think um, in today's world, sometimes you rely so much on your partner, and they need to be everything to you, and be your best friend, and your therapist, and your you know sexual partner, and all these things. And really, one person that's a big ask. And so I think mm -hmm. the more you can like delineate that stuff and lean on your friends and get other opinions, I think yeah. I love That's that answer. Good. I love that you yeah. went earnest with it. Sabrina, what's what's your take on this? That is like the goody goody jewels of life is when you feel a little bit nervous or shy about sharing something about you that makes you feel sort of lonely and you realize in sharing it, even if your friend doesn't connect in the exact same way, in sharing the things that make us feel lonely, it it's like this magic, it's like a magic uh powder on top of it that turns it into connection and makes these things that feel that could feel embarrassing into these mm. empowering stories that make us who we are um in the in one of the episodes we were talking about um parenting and fertility and for mm. me i i suffered a miscarriage at three and a half months a couple of years ago oh. and um and in talking about it uh, on the podcast with May, with my friends, and just being open about this thing that I was going through that historically people are so quiet about, um, it, it it really helped me. And, and to connect with other people that had the same experience, I feel like that's a little bit what um, the power of friendship is, is like being able to take out these little tchotchkes in your, in your sadness toolbox and yeah and polish them up and they actually are just like the pieces and stories that make you you what yeah and yeah go ahead oh sorry as soon as you're in a romantic relationship with someone all of their it's it, i mean ideally this is not the case but i think it's hard to resist this feeling like all of their flaws are also affecting your life and so you're it's hard to be totally subjective and like give a, a totally unbiased opinion but with friends we have this amazing like ability to to really accept them as whole flawed people and not and not react emotionally and that, I don't know so I think they're super helpful relationships and like Sabrina was saying like that's also the great power of comedy and things like that that the the more specific and shameful you get then it, the more universal those things end up being and and you're like oh everybody feels this way and it's yeah. yeah, I you know I just to just to close this out, um, that's why I I said the thing that I said earlier about 
not being sure whether I'm good at friendships, which is to say, I think I've sort of fallen a lot into this pattern of kind of showing up, but I'm a little bit like I'm half there, which is to say, I'm doing the thing where I update people on what's happening in my life, but I'm not sure that I'm dipping into what you just called Sabrina, the the, the toolbox of sadness that you have, which is to say, yeah. being able to actually like open that and share that with the people that you love. And that is a thing that we maybe take for granted a lot and a thing that if really atrophies if you don't practice it and keep practicing it over and over. And so I appreciate you guys practicing it on your show and then bringing it to the show right here. May Martin, Sabrina Jalise, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the earnestness. Thank you for everything. Thank, thank you, you so man. much. Pleasure. Thank you so much, you guys. May Martin and Sabrina Jalise are comedians and best friends. Their brand new podcast is called Benefits with Friends. It's available right now through Audible Originals. Hey, I'm journalist Sam Sanders. I'm poet Saeed Jones. And I'm producer Zach Stafford. And we are the hosts of a podcast called Vibe Check. On Vibe Check, we talk about everything. News, culture, and entertainment, and how it all feels. That's right. We talk about any and everything on our show, from real-life issues like grief to music and movie critiques. And that barely scratches the surface. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't stop there. We have got a lot to say. So join our group chat, Come to Life. Follow and listen to Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Hey, did you pick up a creative hobby in the last few years? Like maybe it was knitting or baking, or maybe it was pottery. Well, there is a new show now that is dedicated to putting the best amateur potters across Canada to the test. They get to compete against each other, and it's called The Great Canadian Pottery Throwdown. It premieres today on CBC. So I called up ceramic sculptor Susanna Montague to ask her if pottery is having a moment right now. Here's what you had to say. It's everywhere. I think everyone I know, everyone on the planet has tried clay at this point, which is great because when I first got into it, no one really understood what the potential of it hmm. could be. And it was more in the craft realm, so kept in functional pottery, but now it's sculpture and used on all sorts of things. I've, I've been delighted to see the friends of mine who said, you know what, I'm going to take a pottery class and then come back and say, you're so satisfying, you really get lost in the work. It's it's a way to sort of get out of your daily stresses, but also get a chance to make something at the end of it. Um, and you see some of that dynamic uh, at play in this new show. Listen, we've both seen the first episode. Without getting any spoilers, what did you think of the show? I really enjoyed it. My heart was in my mouth watching everyone trying to complete their projects in the time. And what did you make of the, the level of talent from amateur potters that are cast this season? It was full spectrum. It, there was some people who weren't quite strong in wheel throwing, but then they made up in hand building. So some people were good in both areas and some people had quieter, more subtle, refined work. Other people had more elaborate, bright colored, expressive. Yeah. It was really nice, nicely spread out. So we've seen interesting competition shows, shows like Blown Away from Netflix, where artists go head-to-head glassblowing. And also in the Netherlands, there's a show called The New Vermeer, and it challenges artists to recreate works by the painter. What is it, do you think, about pottery that lends itself to a competition show like this one? I think that uh, I, I'm thinking back to when I was in art school doing ceramic, and I noticed that there was competition in who could throw the biggest pot. 
or who could find the most vibrant color, the the sickest green, like bile green or something. And <laughs> we'd all mess around in the glaze lab and um, just try and outdo one another. It was quite competitive in there. Um, but we were all learning off each other and pretty generous sharing information. And that's what this show does. It's allowing us in to see what people are doing as they're making and watching them learn as they're working, which isn't something you usually get to do with ceramic unless you throw yourself in the studio. So listen, each week, contestants are asked to complete two tasks, as you mentioned. So one big project is called a main make. And then there are shorter challenges that are either time-based or skill-testing for the main makes, uh, the potters are only given six or seven hours to get the project kiln ready. Then they only have about three hours to decorate their pieces. You're an artist. Uh, in terms of watching this, how challenging is this composition, do you think, in terms of these time frames that they're given? I think it's definitely challenging, but the more you know about clay, the more you can pull off. So you can get it to dry faster. You can fill with thinner walls. You can put holes in it to allow the airflow through to get it to dry faster. It's it's uh, sort of learning as you go and making mistakes as you go. That'll teach you what you can get away with in short time frames. And um, yeah, I saw the artist really pulling off some amazing feats. Like my... My heart was in my mouth watching some of them go. I couldn't believe what they were doing with the short amount of time. Let's hear a little bit of the show. As our kiln expert, Vin will supervise the most perilous part of pottery, the firing process. What are you feeling in this moment? Honestly, that drying room is a house of horrors. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> it's the unknown. What's scarier than the unknown? That's yeah. so true. So that was the host, Jennifer Robertson. She's talking to one of the contestants. She's talking to Kiefer as he waits for his piece to dry during the first main make. Susanna, the joke that people make often about the Great British Bake Off is that there's no real villain on the show. The villain on the show isn't a person. It's actually the temperature inside the tent because like, that's the thing that can make everything you know, kind of go sideways. Who or maybe what structural thing do you think is the villain um, on this show? Uh, I think gravity, working against gravity is definitely something. If you build thicker walls to get your piece taller or bigger, it can. it's more likely to explode. It takes longer to dry. Or, you know, and also the time thing, uh, working within the time frame of the show and trying to get things done in seven hours. I don't know. That's so intense. Um <laughs> I uh, have to say that I agree with you in terms of just having your heart in your mouth. Like there are, I was like, how can we create tension in a show that is about pottery? And then kind of right away when you start watching, you're thinking, actually, there's a, quite a bit that could go wrong for these people. And by the end of the first episode, it's clear that the contestants have developed some real deep friendships. There are tears from the group as the first person gets sent home. And they've only known each other, you know, at that point for like a week. Did that social sort of community aspect of the show surprise you in any way? Not at all. My favorite department in art school was the ceramic because people were so kind and empathetic to each other, like really genuine, kind people, yeah, sensitive people. Oh. And that's sort of what brought us all together. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about pottery techniques, you know, and tools and materials throughout the series. But do you imagine that the show is going to make more people want to try pottery? Like, did it do a good enough job of making pottery seem accessible to somebody who's never tried it ever before? 
Uh, I feel absolutely, and I'm so glad about that. I really believe in bringing clay to people. You know, I've done, I've come across a ton of research that when we're doing things with our hands, whether it's clay or carpentry, gardening, engine repair, there's something called the effort-driven reward cycle. Mm. And it's in our brain. It literally, our hands trigger happy chemicals. And it's being released when in our brain when we're using our hands. So I love that people are seeing their way into a studio. And when we were trained in school, we are basically taught all the things that could go wrong. So we were absolutely terrified. But this show brings all the potential of what you could do. I have to say, watching the show, I'm not any less terrified to try it, but I certainly am more interested in trying it. I'm a bit more interested in finding out how I can make, I can try to avoid those mistakes. And I say this as someone who's literally never attempted pottery ever before. Uh, What are are some of the things you're hoping to see the show maybe cover or incorporate um, about the craft? Um, I would like to see more um, showing the tools that we can use, like slab roller, um, extruder and that sort of uh, ignites something in your brain of, of potential things you can use to build different um, like sculptures or functional work yeah and then learning about the different glazes and and how they work would be interesting to a lot of people because a lot of people can build but they're not sure they get a little like standoffish about what glazes they can use what the potential of them are. Susanna, without spoiling anything, really, let, let's be honest here. Is there a potter that you're already rooting for? Ooh. No, I like them all. I thought, not yet. I don't have one person I'm rooting for. I Honestly, that's good in a way because I what I really enjoy is watching it and being excited about everybody, being excited about for anyone to sort of keep progressing in yeah. this competition. So that's lovely. Suzanne, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Susanna Montague is a ceramic sculptor. She joined me from Bowen Island, Vancouver. The Great Canadian Pottery Throwdown is out today on CBC and CBC Gem. And also next week, by the way, on Q with Tom Power, my pal Tom is going to be talking to Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is one of the guest judges and an executive producer on the show. That is a friend of the show. That is Cadence Weapon with his new song, Press Eject. And that is it for the podcast today. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the show anytime you like, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, find us on Instagram. We are at CommotionCBC. My name is Alameen Abdul Mahmoud. We're going to be back tomorrow. See you then. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.